One website I frequently pursue claims that March 23rd is National Puppy Day, Melba Toast Day, Near Miss Day, World Maths Day, and World Meteorological Day. Whether or not these are bona fide or bananas, there certainly are a lot of interesting things to pay attention to on this ever-changing planet of ours. Charlottesville Community Engagement seeks to document as much as possible in this corner of the world, and I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers recommends a two-cent increase in Charlottesville's property tax rate to begin saving up money for school reconfiguration. Members of the public weigh in on the fiscal year 23 recommended budget and that tax rate. A new schedule has been set for a federal lawsuit seeking to force a House of Delegates race in 2022. And Charlottesville seeks input on a traffic safety study on 5th Street Extended. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, that goes to the Piedmont Master Gardeners to announce their 2022 Spring Lecture Series featuring leading experts on sustainable landscaping, indigenous gardening wisdom, and small fruit production at home. For two more Thursdays in March, you can buy a virtual ticket to these informative events. On March 24th at 7 p.m., Yayesh Samtani will discuss Home Garden Berries, selection, cultivation, and growing alongside ornamental plants. And on March 31st at 7 p.m., Barbara Ryan will discuss the new sustainable garden. To purchase a ticket or to learn more, visit piedmontmastergardeners.org events. Now that a federal lawsuit seeking to force a House of Delegates race in 2022 has been sent back to the Eastern District of Virginia, Judge David Novak has provided a path forward on how the suit will proceed. Plaintiff Paul Goldman has until Friday to file arguments for why he feels he has the legal standing to bring forward a case against the Board of Elections that challenges the constitutionality of allowing delegates elected in 2021 to continue to serve until the end of 2023. The Virginia Attorney General's office has until April 1st to file a motion as to why Goldman lacks jurisdiction and to express an opinion on whether Novak or a three-judge panel on the Fourth Circuit of Appeals should rule on the question of standing. In his ruling, Judge Novak said that no other motions or pleadings except for those two should be filed because this case has already been remanded and has proceeded somewhat. For more information, there's a really useful article by Graham Mumaw in the Virginia Mercury that covered Monday's hearing. Charlottesville is pursuing smart-scale funding for improvements to 5th Street Extended as part of an overall effort to prevent future fatalities on the roadway. The city is looking at an area between Old Ridge Street and Harris Road. Here's a section from the introduction. This study focuses on improvement concepts that target known needs, reduce community impacts, and address all modes in a cost-effective manner. Projects and solutions may be considered for future funding through local, regional, state, and or federal transportation programs, but not without first getting your input. According to an information sheet on the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission's SmartScale page, there is no scope or cost estimate for the project. Here's that page. 
Charlottesville identified the need for a project between Cherry Elliott and Harris Roads in the 5th Ridge McIntyre Multimodal Corridor Study, in Streets That Work, and in the Bike and Pedestrian Master Plan. Considerations for the application include redesigning the intersection, enhancing multimodal facilities along the corridor, improving access, and enhancing transit access, lighting, and landscape of the area. The city has already been awarded smart-scale funds to address the intersection of Elliott Avenue, Ridge Street, Cherry Avenue, and 5th Street Extended. The Charlottesville-Albemarle Metropolitan Planning Organization's Policy Board will discuss the smart-scale projects at their virtual meeting on 2 p.m. on Thursday. Charlottesville City Council held a public hearing Monday on the real estate tax rate and personal property tax rate for the fiscal year that begins on July 1st. Before then, and before the general public comment period, Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers presented Council with several ways forward on raising funds in the next five years for paying up to $75 million for the renovation of Buford Middle School. Several of you asked uh, that we dig a little deeper and come back with several uh, scenarios uh, as we try to get to some resolution on how to uh, deal uh, deal with this issue. The presentation featured another lesson from senior budget management analyst Chrissy Hamill about the city's looming debt crisis. We have approximately $85 million that's currently outstanding. Hamill said the city currently pays about $11 million each year for debt service on that amount, and that that amount would drop if no further debt was issued. Of this outstanding debt, about 28% of that is for school-related projects that have already been completed. Hamill presented multiple scenarios, all of which assume a growth rate of 1.5% from the real estate property tax, as well as 2% in revenues from the meals tax rate. Hamill said it is the size of the reconfiguration project that is presenting an accounting problem. Without it, the city would expect to have a total five-year CIP of $82.4 million, requiring the sale of $46.9 million in bonds. With the other projects that are on the CIP list, They are of amounts such that we can manage our CIP within our affordability. But adding a $75 million project will increase the total capital improvement program to $157.4 million, requiring the sale of $121.9 million in bonds. VMDO, the architectural firm hired by the school system for reconfiguration, has suggested splitting those bond sales over the period with $2.5 million this year, $20 million in fiscal year 24, $32.5 million in fiscal year 25, and $20 million in fiscal year 26. Our annual debt service payment is moving from um, the 11.4 that we've been talking about um, up to about $22 million. Um, in 2032. Other scenarios include a seven-cent tax increase in fiscal year 23 in order to build up a larger reserve to pay off debt service. Another would be to reduce the city's cost for reconfiguration to $50 million. Kevin Roddy, a financial consultant who advises the city on its long-term debt, said other options would be to reduce city spending as well as to continue exploring state funding in advance of a special session to resolve the state budget. That's not yet been called. There's a couple bills in the General Assembly right now that are uh, talking about school construction. Certainly the city's not uh, unique in having some uh, school needs here. 
The exact funding scenario depends on multiple variables, but the main lever council gets to control is the tax rate. Rogers reminded council that the city will have to pick up the tab for paying 15 firefighters each year after a federal SAFER grant runs out. Collective bargaining will also have a cost as well. There are some big opportunities in transit uh, and um, opportunities to uh, uh, make progress on our climate climate uh, plan uh, there, but we've got to uh, add money uh, to match the funds that are available from the feds and the state. Rogers had this recommendation for council. The proposed school reconfiguration has not been integrated into the city's capital improvements program in a manner that will allow city council to make a coordinated funding plan. Nevertheless, he said there was a need to ensure that the city could cover its obligations for past needs as well as future ones. For the FY23 budget, I recommend that council should enact a two-cent real estate tax and set the money aside uh, within the capital projects fund earmarked as the beginning of an annual funding program to generate funds uh, for school configuration. Rogers recommended delaying a bond issue for reconfiguration for the school in fiscal year 23 until after a long-term plan could be developed. He also suggested a rehaul of the entire capital improvement program to be ready for next year's budget process. Let's move forward, but not too fast. And uh, let's take a pause and, and, and start putting away some money for this project. Rogers said that would give more time to see how the statewide conversation on school construction funding plays out. After the quick break, we'll have more from the public hearing. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and today's first subscriber-fueled shout-out is for an upcoming panel discussion on local history. The centennial anniversary of the Jefferson Madison Regional Library is coming to an end. Staff at the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society will talk Thursday at 7 p.m. about an upcoming article on JMRL at 100 in the magazine of Albemarle Charlottesville History. ACHS Program Coordinator Sterling Howell will speak with JMRL's Historic Collection Librarian, Miranda Burnett, and UVA Law Library Coordinator, Addison Patrick. It's another unregulated historical meandering on the last word on the Library Centennial. You can register on Zoom or join the program on Facebook Live. Visit jmrl.org for more information. Earlier this year, Council met its legal obligations to advertise in a newspaper of record a potential tax rate for the current calendar year. And you uh, authorized us to go up to 10 cents, uh, which would produce uh, $9.2 million in revenue. Rogers' recommended budget did not anticipate spending any of that funding, but left it unallocated, pending Council's discussion about whether they want to entertain a property tax rate. Rogers is recommending a $0.02 increase this year for the school project. 
Council also advertised keeping the personal property tax rate at $4.20 per $100 of assessed value, though Commissioner of Revenue Todd Divers said a sharp increase in the value of used vehicles will drastically increase bills. He told Council what the equalized rate would be to bring in the same amount of funding. You're looking at a rate of $3, probably around $3.22 by my best uh, reckoning. Um, If you don't do anything, you're probably going to see an additional $2 million. Council opened up the public hearing for the tax rate. Elizabeth Stark, the co-chair of the Charlottesville Democratic Socialists of America, called for the full increase of $0.10 to support collective bargaining, $10 million a year for affordable housing, and other priorities. Um, I ask that the city use all levers in their power to generate income. Though all tax options are regressive, an increase to the property tax coupled with tax relief for low-wealth neighbors and an increase to the lodging tax seems to be the best solution to me. However, Jamie Fitzgerald said a full increase of $0.10 will hurt his ability to remain as a renter in Charlottesville. I rent from an owner that does not live in Charlottesville. The owner performs zero maintenance on this house. The house is rapidly deteriorating. Fitzgerald predicted his rent would be increased to cover the cost, which he said would force him to vacate the city. Chris Meyer encouraged council to raise the property tax rate because he said Charlottesville is undertaxed. We need to get moving. I appreciate the city manager's suggestion on at least a two cent raise. I would look at potentially more. After the tax rate, the public comment period was opened on the budget. No one spoke about the personal property tax rate during the public hearing. Next, the public hearing for the budget was opened. This is not everybody who spoke, but a handful to give you a sense of what was said. Brad Slocum no longer lives in Charlottesville and now commutes in from Stanton. He urged council to increase funding for Charlottesville area transit in order to help the city meet its climate adaptation goals. One of the best ways to do this is to ensure Director of Transit Carlin Williams has the budget he and his staff need to expand the city's bus fleet to achieve 15-minute fixed route service. Brian Campbell of the Charlottesville Democratic Socialists of America called on council to make further cuts to the police budget and to require transparency. Charlottesville spends $19 million annually on police. Lynchburg, a city nearly twice as big and with more officers, also spends $19 million on police. On a per capita basis, Charlottesville spends more on police than Albemarle, Waynesboro, Stanton, Roanoke, Harrisonburg, Blacksburg, and Lynchburg, as previously noted. Why do the Charlottesville police spend so much more than their peers? No one knows. Katie Garrett, a fourth-year student at the University of Virginia, called on council to enact a plastic bag tax for fiscal year 23. As I'm sure some of you know, the Albemarle County budget proposes that they will implement a tax on plastic bags by January 1st, 2023, with a projected revenue of $20,000. Following the lead of Albemarle County, the city of Charlottesville has an opportunity to significantly reduce plastic waste and incentivize the use of reusable bags. Members of the Tree Commission sought additional funding in two areas. Here's one of their members, Mark Rylander. First, uh, we propose planting 200 trees per year so that we can plant more trees than are being removed. That would take an allocation of $100,000 a year, but the city manager's budget only includes $75,000. Rylander said the Tree Commission would like another $105,000 a year to address the destruction of ash trees by the emerald ash borer. 
Several speakers asked for additional funding for the Public Housing Association of Residents. That included Executive Director Shelby Edwards. The current level of funding for fiscal year 22 is 41000 but the vibrant community process for determining funding for outside agencies only recommended $21,035 for fiscal year 23. Please fund FAR, especially our FAR internship program, and also our resident-led redevelopment efforts. The capital budget does anticipate spending $3 million in bond-raised funds for public housing redevelopment for each of the next four years. Lots of details in the budget, and there's a community budget forum scheduled for tonight at 6 p.m. The meals tax rate will be on the agenda for Council's next regularly scheduled meeting on April 4th, and I hope to bring as much of it as possible to you. Thanks for listening. And this has been this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for National Melba Toast Day. Uh, I don't know what those days are. Sometimes I just think it's really interesting to point out the trivial because we live in a world that is both the trivial and the substantial. And sometimes it's mixed up and each of us has different definitions and interpretations. And that's that's okay. There's lots of diversity of thought in the community. And every single episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement tries to balance as much of that as I can from my perspective as a long-term journalist. And I really do support everybody who has supported the program and who continues to send it on to other people. Want to make a special thank you to those who are paying through Substack or through Patreon. Both are ways that you can help me uh, make sure I can keep this going. Uh, in, I'm hoping in the near future to be able to expand and pay more people to help me cover this community. And of course, that's exciting. And at least I'm excited about it. And I'm really excited that uh, people are contributing. Now it's time to get going and to produce this one so I can get on to the next one. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Stay dry, stay safe, and stay classy. Goodbye. <laughs>